Welcome to the show. This is Dylan James. And alongside me, as always, is JT Taylor. JT, how's your week going so far, sir? It's going good, Dylan. I'm happy to be here tonight. Uh, finally got power in my place, so that's good. That's good. And that's good. Had a good weekend at Universal Studios for Halloween Horror Nights on Saturday. Did Mickey's Not So Scary on Sunday. And Monday, <clears throat> just been doing a staycation at a hotel. But for the most part, had a good week. Had my first day at Under Armour. Got there you go. shift tonight. Okay. So it's looking good, looking good. Yeah, we're actually doing an earlier episode this week. Um, instead of a Friday episode, we're doing a uh, Wednesday night slash Thursday episode. So it's a little bit earlier this week because it's special because we have a busy weekend. I have a busy weekend. JT does as well because of Under Armour and and Disney Vacation Club as well too. But I have the Mumford & Sons concert tomorrow night in Orlando. Then I have the Tampa Bay versus Nashville Predators game on Friday night. I have work on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I'm going to the Mr. Wife's concert. So we got a full slate this weekend. And so we didn't have much time to do the show, but hey, guess what? We found some time on Wednesday, and uh, here it is. So JT's working at Under Armour tonight, and so we're doing a uh, our show in a very small window, but we're still doing it. So thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. Um, we definitely had some upsets this weekend. Um, one of the biggest upsets this weekend was Florida over Tennessee, which was heart a heartbreaking loss yes still you were at that game i was at Tell that us game about your experience yes um it was a fun, it was a fantastic a fantastic stadium i love the swamp i mean even though it is florida uh that stadium's great it's a great experience when you're there and we were up the second to last row in the stadium it was very hot outside for the first probably 20 minutes of the game because the sun was beating down on us but then it got cloudy and it was it sprinkled a little bit during the game but it was pretty nice Overall, the game was awful because uh, either neither team could do much on offense. The defense looked sloppy on both sides. Um, we were trying to run the ball too many times, in my opinion. Uh, our our play calling was atrocious. I mean, Florida's was too, but it, it just it boiled down to the fourth quarter, like it did the last time I was there. I actually went to the game in 2015 as well, and the same outcome happened. We lost both times. And the first time was because we missed a field goal, a long field goal, after we were down by one point after a 63-yard touchdown throw. Um, And this game ended the same exact way. We lost on a 63-yard touchdown. So needless to say, we are prone to giving up the big play, and we just need to stop that. And so Coach... Butch Jones decided to take it upon himself saying this was my fault, uh, which it was because his play calling was atrocious, like I said before. And we just need to figure out what we're doing as an offense. What well, we, we need to figure out our identity on offense. We haven't figured it out yet. Big thing is John Kelly is like the leading rusher in the SEC, which I don't know why we haven't been utilizing him more. I'm not saying we should run the ball more. I'm saying that we should have him be in there as a wide receiver at times throw the ball to him throw the ball to him from the backfield I think he can do great with the ball in his hands but you know it's one of those things that it's it's tough to be a Tennessee fan whether it be the Tennessee Titans whether it be University of Tennessee it's it's tough because our coaching is not the best but hopefully that will change soon I, I think Butch Jones's days are numbered in Tennessee 
And um, I'm just looking forward to the next coach we get there. So your Texas Longhorns, what happened there? <clears throat> you, you were you played a close game with USC, number four ranked USC. That would have been a statement game for Tom Herman, Todd Herman, Tom, Tom Herman. Herman. Yep, Todd. Yeah. So that would have been a statement game for him, and uh, it wasn't. Yes. Yeah, so I got to catch the fourth quarter after I was coming back from Universal Studios, but from what I could see, Texas, I was just surprised they were in the game. Because before, everyone was predicting that everyone USC was going to just roll over the Texas defense and score like 40 points or so. And Texas, you know, they showed up. And remember, it's been a long time, Dylan, since we had Texas-USC. Of course, everyone remembers 2006 Rose Bowl, championship game, Vince Young, Matt Liner. Oh, that was a classic game. I remember watching that game. That was when I was in high school. Still, I think one of the top, if you had a top five college football championship game, it would be right up there. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, on to the current game that happened this past weekend. I guess you could say USC guys revenge. And USC really should have put us out, but Texas kept hanging in there, hanging in there. And Sam Ellinger, he, he did the best he could. I mean, I know he didn't have a stellar night, 21 for 40, 298 passing yards, and he had two touchdowns, two picks. Where USC's quarterback, Sam Darnold, uh, he had 28 for 49, 397, three touchdowns and two picks. So both quarterbacks went back and forth, rushing and going back, and it was a very low-scoring game. And USC was up 14 to 10. Texas goes down the field towards the end of the fourth quarter. They take the lead 17 to 14 in that game, and then USC gets the ball. They go down the field on our defense to kick a field goal to tie the game. And then in the first overtime, both teams scored to keep in the game. And then the second overtime, that was the heartbreaker because Sam Ellinger, he was like, what, five yards from scoring? Yeah. Goes down and tries to get the ball, get those little extra yards, and then one of the USC linebackers knocks the ball out. The pop, the ball popped and, out. Yep, and I was hoping that maybe his knee went down and we still had the possession, but his knee was not down, the ball was out. And for USC, it's pretty simple. You just get close enough where your kicker can make the field goal to, to win the game, and that's what they did. Uh, that's what uh, their kicker did to uh, get them the win. So USC, you know, they're on top, 27-24. USC, they got a big game against Cal this week, so they're not going to get much of a break. As for my Longhorns, we just got to put it behind us and, you know, rest up and get ready because we got OU coming in a couple weeks in Dallas. Yeah, that's going to be a big game. But, I mean, you know, the deciding factor in this whole game would have been Vince Young just being in there for the quarterback as a Texas Longhorn. Well, you know, Vince Young and Matt Light were both at that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were. I mean, I think the Vince Young should have just ran on the field, <laughs> you know, put on a jersey, put on some pads, put on a helmet, and then went out there and won the game for them. But, you know, uh, I guess they can't allow a, what, 28-year-old play for Texas Longhorns for some reason? I don't know why. Anyway, um, Moving on to more college football news from this past week. Um, some big games happened. Uh, first of all, this isn't, wasn't a big game at all. Alabama, we knew that they were going to win this game. However, Alabama and Colorado State actually played a pretty good game. Alabama was four, scored 41 points in that game, but Colorado State scored 23 points in that game. That's a lot more than I thought they were going to, um, so that's huge for them. I think they might have a pretty promising season because of that um so moving on some some other games mississippi state completely dominated lsu yeah, i was really surprised on that one completely dominated 37 to 7 oh my wow. gosh a 30 point spread in that game 
in favor of Mississippi State, um, that that's unbelievable. So I, I think Ed Orgeron, his days are numbered there <laughs> in LSU. Needless to say, <laughs> needless to say, I think that he is going to uh, not be there much longer. Uh, Penn State ran away with that game against Georgia State, fifty-six to zero. Georgia ran away with their game, forty-two to fourteen. Um, one of the biggest games that we talked about last week was Clemson versus Louisville, and people thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was. Uh, however, yeah, Clemson literally blew the doors off on that defense. And and Louisville, also, Louisville only scored one touchdown in the first half. Yeah, and then they didn't score again until the fourth quarter. Lamar Jackson could not do anything on offense. He was getting so frustrated on the field. You could tell I me mean, he was he was physically frustrated. You could tell by his body language that. Nothing was going his way that night, and you know it might be a good thing that a game like this happened because he has he has faced faced adverse adversity at this point. So I think that it's good for him and his college career to face um, a team like that to kind of humble himself and and figure out what's going on and work harder with his wide receivers at practice. But he has a young wide receiving core. I guess I'll give him that. But he just did not look like the the Lamar Jackson. Heisman Trophy winner of last year during that game. It was a hard game to watch. Um, another game that happened that I called, by the way, San yes, Diego State versus Stanford, and San Diego State won by a field goal. So, you know, if you want to bet on t- games this week, just listen to my advice. <laughs> I promise you I will not steer you awry. Um, but if you lose money, don't come knocking on my door <laughs> because I won't. I won't help you out. Yeah, some other games that happened that I found interesting. Uh, Vanderbilt, they beat K-State 14-7. Um, Kyle Schirmer, he did pretty good leading the Vandy, Vanderbilt to a victory there. And then, of course, we had uh, UCLA. After nearly coming back, Karen coming back to beat Texas A&M the week before, they go to Memphis, and they were not walking out of there with a W. They got a loss, 48-45 on the road at the Liberty Bowl. So that was a very surprising result there. I was not expecting that. But, um, yep, some crazy college games during week three of the college football season. All right, Dylan, so we're going to go to week four of college football. Um, What are some games that are catching your eye this weekend? Some games that are catching my eye this weekend, I'm really looking at Vanderbilt and Alabama. That's going to be a good game. I, I think it's going to be a really, really good game. It's going to be a better game than it has been in the past because Vanderbilt is a stellar team this season. Uh, Derek Mason has done a great job with that team, which, I, you know what? Some of the moves he's made the past few seasons, I really questioned his skill at, at being a head coach for that team. But, man, after that win in Tennessee against Tennessee last year at Vanderbilt um, to end the season and go to a bowl game, that team is – a very resilient team, and I think it's going to be a very, very close game. Vanderbilt versus Alabama. Look out for that one on Saturday at 3.30. Um, another game I was looking at was Washington and Colorado. Um, it's the night game, and, I mean, Washington looks good, but Colorado, man, they look good as well. I, I think that you have to keep your eye on that team because they're going to play a close game. Um, and another game also is Syracuse and LSU, um, even though you know you would think LSU would – totally dominate Syracuse. I mean, Big Orange might come in there and win against LSU, so we'll see if they bounce back from last week's loss, but it's going to be an interesting game as well. Definitely, Dylan. Some games that I find interesting that are going to be happening this weekend. One is, of course, 
as I like to call, the Battle of the Bulldogs, because you got Mississippi State taking on Georgia on the road at in, Ath- in Athens, Georgia. So that's going to be a very interesting game. And then, of course, you have the Florida Gators. They're going to be up against Kentucky. Kentucky's 3-0. So Kentucky, they got a lot to play for. Uh, Steven Johnson, he's done very well. Uh, he has over five, six, nine passing yards. I know he only has a couple touchdowns, but Kentucky's been doing pretty well. But this is a big showcase game for them to, on Saturday night at 7.30 on the SEC Network. Yes. So it's going to be a big, big game. And, of course, the late game, you got the Oregon Ducks taking on Arizona State. So that will be another game if you can stay up late, of course, to keep an eye on. Uh, Dylan, who's your upset alert this weekend? My upset alert this weekend is definitely going to be the Kentucky Wildcats because they are... They're playing out of their minds this season. Um, you know, last year I saw some glimpses of their defense, and their defense was actually pretty good. Um, and their offense was, you know, okay. But this year, man, it looks like their offense has kind of exploded um, com- compared to Florida's offense, of course. And seeing last week how Tennessee was able to run on Florida the way they did and to move the ball as well as they did, especially in the fourth quarter, I think that Florida's defense will not be able to contain Kentucky. So I think this week, if you're going to be betting on a team, upsetting another team, I would have to say Kentucky's going to upset Florida. They will break the streak of 30 30 games in a row that the Florida Gators and the Kentucky Wildcats have played. Florida has won all 30 of those games. So I think that they will break the streak and uh, end the streak at 30. And uh, I think it's going to be an interesting game to watch. But I think Kentucky Wildcats are going to pull that one out. What's your upset of the week, JT? My upset that I'm going to pick this week is going to be the Friday night game between the Arizona Wildcats and the Utah Utes. Now, Utah Utes, they're ranked. They're coming in to Tucson, Arizona, ranked 21. And I know Utah, they've, they've done as expected. They're 3-0. and Tyler Huntley has done very well as a dynamic playmaker for that team. And you got Darren Carrington. He's been a big force for that team for the Utes. And the secondary and. Utah, you know, they're, they've they been a team that's been up there in the Pac-12 trying to compete with teams like the USC's and the Washington's and the Oregon's. And a lot of people kind of discount them out. But Arizona, look, they're at home. They know they got that crazy offense that Rich Rodriguez likes to run. And Arizona, you can never count them out. And Arizona, they're coming in with a stellar record as well of 2-1. and one. But Arizona, they're going to... Do good. They got Utah has to focus on shutting Brandon Dawkins. He's a running back for Arizona. If they can shut them down, Utah will be okay. But if Brandon Dawkins goes all over the place, and you know Utah's going to have a, a tough time slowing them down. So I think Arizona, though, they're going in for the upset. They're at home. It's a Friday night. We've seen plenty of times Dylan on either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, or in the after in the afternoon games where teams get a little shaky, get a little rusty going into the opponent's house. Yeah, so. I agree. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, Arizona is a good game to pick. I think that that's one game that you should definitely keep your eye on. Um, so moving on to the NFL, um, I think that with the NFL this week, uh, this past week, uh, the Tennessee Titans played the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Jacksonville played a stellar game in week one. We thought that they were playing way better than they played last season and come to find out the titans came in with a vengeance they decided to um not go zero and two at the beginning of the season well i remember it was a close game it was a close game i mean titans were up six to three at halftime it was it was a close game it was kind of like the tennessee game versus florida Mm -hmm. the florida gators were up six three at the half 
And so I thought it was going to be field goals the entire game. However, in the second half, Marcus Mariota, he lit it up on the field. Um, and Derrick Henry, actually, he had 14 carries for 92 yards and a touchdown. So Derrick Henry's coming to coming to um, be a very, very good running back for the Tennessee offense. DeMarco Murray only had nine carries for 25 yards, which makes me wonder if he is getting, if, if he's passing the torch off to Derrick Henry. I, I think that at this point, you kind of have to think, you know, it looks like it's the Derrick Henry show in Tennessee. It looks like it's going to be the Derrick Henry era very, very quickly there. And, um, you know, might as well. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He's a young kid. DeMarco Murray is a great leader on that team, but he's a great mentor too when it comes to working with uh, Derrick Henry. So I think that Derrick Henry will be taking the majority of the workload. And if, if they happen to you know see his production fall they'll have Derek uh, DeMarco Murray there just in the wings to to step up if he needs to but with his work ethic right now I mean he, he's he's putting it in but he's just not getting the the result that he would like to see so I think DeMarco Murray will stay in the wings um this next week at least and just be the backup running back there. So um, moving on to some other week two news. Let's look at some other scores around the league. The Patriots came back and... Yes, they did. Tom Brady <clears throat> threw four touchdowns. I'm sorry, it was three touchdowns? Yeah, three touchdowns. He was 30 for 39, had 447 passing yards oh. against the Saints. Yeah. And it was in their house at the Superdome. Yeah, he threw three touchdowns in the first half. Um, and he just, he was lighting up the scoreboard. And so I, you know, the Patriots, if people were saying that he was declining because of his age and stuff last week, the last week there was, there was all this talk about, Oh, you know, father time is catching up with Tom Brady. This game shut those people up because this game was a statement game from Tom Brady saying, look, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still playing at the same level I was playing last year when I won the Super Bowl, And I plan on going back there this year. Uh, it, it was a great win by them. Even though it was a New Orleans defense that is not the best, it's not a very good defense. They're 0-2 starting this season, um, and there's a very, very low probability of 0-2 teams going to the to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. So it's not good for New Orleans, but the Patriots definitely took some names on Sunday and um, kicked some butt. So it was a good game. Yeah, another good game that I predicted that was going to be close, was the Chiefs and the Eagles. And the Chiefs won that game 27-20. to And the Chiefs, their rookie, uh, Kareem Hunt, he uh, rushed for the end zone twice and had two touchdowns. And the Chiefs, they hung on. And it was a really good game going back and forth. Uh, Carson Wentz had a pretty good game and for the Eagles. So the Chiefs hung on, and I was very, very impressed with that. And then, of course, you had... The Dolphins hanging on against the Chargers. Remember, this is the Chargers' first game at the StubHub Center. Mm -hmm. So it's funny they're still playing in a soccer scene, if you ask me. But but, uh, the Dolphins, they got their money's worth at the Chargers. And Jay Cutler, it was their first game because they they missed a week before because of the hurricane. So the Dolphins uh, did pretty well to hang on that game. The Broncos, oh my gosh. Killed it. Literally destroyed the Cowboys. Yeah. It's like, I know that, now that game was delayed because of the weather, but the Cowboys had no excuse. I mean, Dak Prescott, you, you got to show for that game. And he was 30 or 50, 238 passing yards, and he only had two touchdowns. That's not enough to carry your team. That's not. Jason Witten only got 10 catches and one touchdown. Especially with Ezekiel Elliott on the field, too. He had eight yards rushing. Mm-hmm. 
Just let that sink in. Eight yards rushing. You cannot have an offense that doesn't have a run game and expect to win. Like it, there, there's no, there's no way you're going to win a game, especially long term success. You're not going to have long term success, success without a productive Ezekiel Elliott had eight rushing yards. You know who had more rushing yards than Ezekiel Elliott in week two? Tom Brady. Tom Brady had nine rushing yards. Ezekiel Elliott had eight. And Tom Brady's like, what, 39? <laughs> yeah, like, what's going on? Like, Ezekiel Elliott needs to, he's, I have a feeling this whole, uh, you know, um, six-game suspension, stuff like that is weighing on him a little bit too much. Um, it might have been a good thing for him to actually get that six-game suspension and him not, you know, try to fight it because, I mean, he needs some time off. He definitely needs to get some stuff off his mind and, um, you know, might go see a counselor because, I mean, that's, that's awful. Yeah, Dylan. Well, the Rams, the L.A. Rams, they came back to earth this past weekend, losing to the Redskins 27-20. to Kirk Cousins had an 11-yard touchdown pass to Ryan Grant and to get them the victory. And Jared Goff, he, he didn't do so well. I mean, 50 for 25, 224 passing yards, and only one touchdown to show for it. Even Todd Gurley, he only had 16 carries and a touchdown. So the Rams went back to earth. But Kirk Cousins, he certainly likes that result. The Seahawks, they escape with the win at home in Seattle against the 49ers, 12-9. And, of course, the Sunday night game, the Falcons putting up a clinic against the Packers, 34-23. to uh, that was a very, very entertaining game. Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers do get it out. Dylan, what are your thoughts on that game? I mean, it was a great game, too. I mean, like I said, all the games this past weekend actually were pretty good. I mean, there weren't really many blowouts um, when it came to the games. I mean, like you think about the Broncos game, yes, that's a blowout. The Raiders game, of course, it was a blowout. It was against the New York Jets. I mean, things like that. But, I mean, there were some really, really good games. Um, the Seahawks versus the 49ers. I mean, Seahawks, I can't believe that was just, it was an awful game. It was so bad on offense. Russell Wilson had one touchdown that game. And they missed the extra point. And then they had field goals the rest of the game. It was an awful game to watch. Um, definitely not something they would want to see continue in the Seahawks uh, organization. But, you know, Russ... Uh, um, Russell Wilson. No, not Russell Wilson. Cornerback. Richard, Richard Sherman. Sherman. Yes. <laughs> Richard Sherman actually had a press conference saying that, you know, we, we can't win games unless the defense is doing their job. And we need to do better to to carry this team because defense carries that team. Five of the seven, I think it's the five of the seven um, top played top paid players on that team are on the defensive side of the ball, which means they need to be producing a lot more on defense and kind of carrying the offense because the offense is not as expensive as the defense and the offensive line for the Seahawks is atrocious. I mean, holes everywhere, missed assignments. I mean, they, they just cannot protect Russell Wilson. If you can't protect Russell Wilson, if he goes down with an injury, then you're not winning games this season. Well, it could be worse. Why don't you ask your boy Eli Manning after the night he had a couple nights ago on my night because the Detroit Lions. Eli Manning stayed on his butt the wow. entire night. That's what he did. <laughs> and that, that was an awful... His coach threw him under the bus. He did. I mean, he was bad. I mean, I, you can't be blamed for being honest, but... It was atrocious. Man, it Eli was atrocious Manning. quarterback play. That's what it was. What happened? Atrocious quarterback play. Uh, but Eli, he's Matthew been... Matthew Stafford, two touchdowns in that game. Okay, so let's say this. How long do you think Eli still has 
with the Giants. Oh, the, oh, the clock's ticking, man. What's he got? Uh, two years on his contract, probably? Yeah. But I can see if he keeps this up, fans will be trying, we want a quarterback, we want a quarterback. Could you see somebody else going on that team right now and helping that team free agent-wise? No. Okay. Now the offensive system that their coach runs? No. Okay. You can put any quarterback in there that play, play better than Eli Manning, and the, the team's not going to do well. The Giants, they're done. They're so it's been, it's been McAdoo's fault. Of course. Ben McAdoo and his new haircut's fault. Yes. Okay. It's the new haircut. <laughs> because they were better last year, and they had high hopes coming into this season that they were going to be Super Bowl contenders. They were gonna, at least going to be a playoff contender. But, don't forget Odell Beckham in this situation. Yeah, I mean, he he played, yep. and I mean, he did keep it close at times, but, uh, you know, you can't just rely on one wide receiver in that offense. And Sterling Shepard, yeah, he's okay. Um, and that's the only other big name they really have on, on, on offense as a wide receiver, except for Brandon Marshall, which Brandon Marshall has not shown up yet at all. He is not the Brandon Marshall of old that they were hoping for. So if Brandon Marshall doesn't show up, then, I mean, that team's going to be in for a long, long season. Now, moving on to week three in the NFL, um, JT, let's look at some teams and some games that are going to be upset contenders. What do you think is an upset for week three? An upset in week three that I could see happening could be the Saints upsetting the Panthers. Look, the Panthers played the Buffalo Bills this past week, and they only got nine points, nine to three. So I'm not sold that Cam Newton is going to just turn it on like a switch. And the Saints, okay, yes, they got beat up by the Patriots this past weekend, but I expect Drew Brees and then the bounce back Again, the road, taking on Cam Newton and the Saints. I think the Saints will beat the Panthers this weekend. Well, upsets for me. I believe that the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers is the game to watch because the Chargers are 0-2 right now because of their kicker. Their kicker has lost both of their games uh, because it's all been down to the kicker in the very last few seconds of the games, and he's lost it. So I think that the Chargers will not start the season 0-3. I think that they will come out of this hole, and I think that this is the game to do so. I think the the Chiefs, they're a very good team this season. I think that um, you need to keep an eye on this team because they're going to make a run this season, but I think the Chargers can stop them this weekend in Los Angeles, so I think the Chargers will beat the Chiefs to avoid an 0-3 start to the 2017-2018 season. All right, and then some other games just to look at for this weekend. In the NFL, you got the Falcons taking on the Detroit Lions. Of course, our Titans, Dylan, we got the Seahawks coming to town. That's going to be at 4.05 Eastern Time on Fox. So hopefully we'll get to watch it at least on TV. Hopefully so. Uh, Thursday night, tomorrow, we got the Rams and 49ers. Nobody cares about that game. And then, let's see what we got. Texans, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, Giants, Eagles. Uh, Sunday night, you got the Oakland Raiders taking on the Washington Redskins. And then, of course, Monday Night Football, the Dallas Cowboys will be taking on the Arizona Cardinals. You know, that game should have been a marquee game. And I think at the very beginning of the season, it was going to be. But both teams are not really doing so hot. And especially with uh, the Cardinals missing out with David Johnson. David Johnson's injured. David Johnson. And they brought back Chris Johnson. To yeah, because at him. first they yep. thought Chris Johnson was going to be retiring. Yep. Because, yep. I mean, no team was wanting him. The Cardinals decided not to sign him again. But they brought him back just so they would have uh, running back back there. So David Johnson is out for a while. We don't know how long he's going to be out. But um, that's going to be 
a tough game to watch as well, I believe. So moving on to our next piece of news, um, league news in the NFL. Um, Andrew Luck will not practice this week because he's still injured. Um, They were saying that he was going to have an early October return, but that is unlikely now. Another injury update, Sam Bradford is day-to-day, while Case Keenum will start for the Vikings this weekend. And Greg Olson was placed on injury injured reserve. Um, He's out for at least eight weeks, and he will be missing from the the Panthers offense for the next eight weeks. So Cam Newton will have to find another target to throw to. So there's some league news around the NFL. Let's go to some basketball news. JT, I'll toss it over to you. All right, guys, with the basketball news, we'll start off with the WNBA. The WNBA, of course, they are now having their NBA, or excuse me, WNBA finals rematch between the Los Angeles Sparks and the Minnesota Lynx. Those two teams played each other last year in the finals, and the L.A. Sparks came out on top. This time around, we'll have a rematch as the Minnesota Lynx, they defeated the Washington Mystics 81-70 to this past Sunday, and then the L.A. Sparks defeated the Phoenix Mercury 89-87. Both of those teams pretty much swept their semifinal opponents, and now they will meet each other this Sunday. That will be the first game at 3.30 Eastern on ABC. The L.A. Sparks and the Minnesota Lynx should be a good series. I think the Minnesota Lynx are going to come back and take that series, and they will be the league champions once again. Uh, Andrew Bogut, he has signed with the L.A. Lakers on a one-year deal. That's going to be a very interesting. I mean, Andrew Bogut, though, he's not the same player. Dylan, he hasn't been healthy, and I know he's been with the Golden State Warriors, and it hasn't worked out for him, but I think... He's had plenty of time to recover because he suffered a broken leg injury. Oh, that's right. He was with Cleveland. That's right. Yeah, he, got he was with Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, he, he was with he Dallas. Was with Gold- that's right. He Dallas. was with Golden State, then Dallas. Dallas for uh, a quarter of the season, half the season, and then went over to Cleveland for one game. And in the first game he returns, he breaks his leg. Yep, yep. So at, uh, hopefully he does something um, with the L.A. Lakers because, I mean, he has not done anything the past year. And so he needs to do something to spark that that play like play mentality he had when he was in Golden State because he was a good player in Golden State, and that's why teams were vying for him. That's why Dallas vied for him. That's why Cleveland decided to sign him. I mean, he was actually a pretty good player, but he his stats went downhill after that. So hopefully he bounces back and um, – it plays well for the Lakers for that one-year deal. Definitely. Former NBA coach Doug Collins, he has returned to the Chicago Bulls, and he will be a senior advisor for the team. Uh, the Bulls, you know, have been up in a rough stretch with a lot of drama going on with uh, a lot of some of their players. So Doug Collins, um, he's coming in to kind of help them get through that situation. You know, the Bulls got a young team now. So they still got Dwayne Wade there. They got to figure out what they're going to do with him. So that was something that we will keep an eye on. All right, Dylan. And Kevin Durant, he was apparently got himself some trouble with his former employer, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, he had made some comments on Twitter about his former team basically being critical of the Thunder, criticizing his, his former coach, Billy Donovan, and saying things like they were doing idiotic things and being childish. So I think with him being a year away from the Thunder, maybe he still has a little gripe about what happened. But I'm kind of like, Durant, you chose to leave the Thunder. You didn't have to stay. You chose to leave, and you went to the Golden State Warriors. 
and you won a championship. Yeah. What yeah. more do you want? I mean, pretty much he was telling one of his fans, he said, look, I left th- I left that team. And he was actually speaking in third person. He said, KD left that team because Russell, West- Russell Westbrook, hey, there you go. <laughs> Russell Westbrook was the only other player on that team. Take away Russell Westbrook from the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they're nothing. Which... It's the truth. I mean, I think it's the truth anyway. That's not a good team in Oklahoma. Um, And you see that because of Russell Westbrook getting the MVP last year. I mean, it's it was a tough season to watch for them. Um, Oklahoma City did not look like they had before. But hey, Russell Westbrook took them to the playoffs. So I guess that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it was a bad situation. He shouldn't have been talking that candidly on Twitter. Um, he, he's very good though about with his fans. He actually converses with them on Twitter, um, answers their questions, things like that. But situations like this should not come up on Twitter and they, he should not be talking about his former team that way. Even if he feels that way, he shouldn't be talking about his former team that way. So that's my two cents about that. So moving on to hockey news, the NHL preseason started um, yesterday, actually, uh, two days ago. Actually, it was two days ago. My Caps, we played That's the right. Devils. I think it was either Sunday or Monday, but we lost the game four to one. Caps just trying to get their feet wet, like they say. Yeah. And we got a game tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. So that game will be tonight. We'll see how I'll keep track of my phone, see how the Caps are doing. Uh, the Predators, they had their game. You play two games now, right? We played two games yesterday. We played against the Florida Panthers. First game we lost. Second game we actually won three to two. Um, Salamaki actually uh, came in and scored two goals in that game to win that game, um, and it was a phenomenal game. Uh, they won in overtime, which was really cool. So it's a good start for them. I hopefully they can continue that. And I actually am going to see them in Tampa Bay on Friday, like I said before during our um, opening segment. So I can't wait to see them there. Hopefully they they uh, are playing as well as they did in Nashville. So we'll see them play. It'll be great to watch um, them play live because, I mean, hey, hockey's back. And it was a short break for us because the Preds were in the playoffs for so long. They went to Stanley Cup. And hopefully this year they will go back to the Stanley Cup and claim claim the uh, Lord Stanley's Cup. Speaking of the Predators, Dylan, they announced yesterday, I believe, that they have named their defenseman Roman Yossi as the team's eighth captain. Yes. in the franchise history. Yes, and and fans were expecting that, which is he's a great choice. He has been leading that defense for several years now with the help of Shea Weber and now the help of PK Subban. So he definitely deserves it. Um, I believe that Ryan Ellis is the associate captain for this year, and they have alternate captains too. Philip Forsberg is one. Uh, Matthias Ekholm is another. So they they've they've done a great job with the leadership to, uh, leadership on that team. And uh, they make great choices. So congratulations, Roman Yossi. I can't wait to see uh, him don the C in the regular season. All right, Dylan. The Vegas Golden Knights. I almost said Las we Vegas. We just can't talk today. Oh, we really can't. It's <laughs> I just, know, man. We're thrown off by this whole Wednesday thing. Oh, I know. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, they had their first preseason game earlier this week. And Tyler Wong, he had a hat trick in that game against the Vancouver Canucks in Vancouver. And the Golden Knights won that game 9-4, to wow. which is very impressive. Yeah, this is. is their very first preseason game. I know it may not mean much, but still, 9-4 to against the Canucks, that's very impressive. And if you haven't done so already, go on Twitter and follow that Twitter account for the Golden Knights. It is absolutely hysterical. I, I love their Twitter account. 
the intern that's on that Twitter account needs a promotion because it is so funny to read. Um, definitely go look at it because the the tweets are hysterical. I'll t- retweet some on the Out of Bounds podcast page so everybody can see them, but they're they're, they're very funny. All right, Dylan. And the LA Kings and the Vancouver Canucks, who we just talked about, they are in China right now. They are going to play a preseason game against each other. I don't know what day it is when they'll play each other, but it'll be sometime this weekend. And they are both; both those teams are there to help promote the game in China. You know, we've seen this trend now with a lot of the NBA playing games in China. The NFL, they did a preseason game in China at one point. They haven't done any recently. No. But they did at one point. And London, they do Mexico City too. Mm-hmm. Well, remember like the NHL, they kind of did this before the last lockout in 2011. But, I'm sorry, not 2011, it was 2012. But they were sending, they, they, they did the first week of the season, they would send teams over to Europe. Yeah. And they would, like Sweden, Germany, the UK, and they would play, or Switzerland, and they would play games like a couple pre a couple NHL games over there, and then they come back. It's a good idea. I mean, you're spreading. But the thing is, with NHL, it's already a worldwide. It's a worldwide sport already. I don't know why we're having to promote the brand of NHL because they know what hockey is. So I, I don't really under. I don't understand international play, but whatever. Um. Anyway, uh, moving on to our. Segments of the week. So I'm going to start off with my fantasy corner. I have a few questions to go over. We have three tonight. Uh, one is 12 team PPR. Uh, just got two offers for Hunt, uh, one Zeke, other Bell, or do I stick with Hunt? With Hunt, Kareem Hunt has been killing it for the Kansas City Chiefs. He has 30 carries this season, and he is just uh, lighting it up for 229 yards, 7.6 yards a carry. I would definitely keep Hunt. There's no reason to trade him. He's the hot hand right now, so I would stick with Hunt. Moving on to our next question. Uh, 10-team standard league. The below tight ends are available on waivers. Who do you like for the rest of the season? Because they have to replace Greg Olson with the injury uh, injured reserve um, status. So there's Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, Kobe Fleener or Evan Ingram. So in this situation, I would go with Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram has a concussion, though. He's in concussion protocol right now. So maybe not this week. If you can hold off one more week, if you can find another tight end on the waiver wire or something, I would probably do that. But um, definitely Evan Ingram is, I think, the the best choice in this scenario. So definitely go with him. And last but not least, I have Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady looking to get wide receiver help. The offer is my Tom Brady for the other guys, Doug Baldwin and Tyreek Hill. And this situation, I would definitely go with Tom Brady. There's no reason to bet against Tom Brady. He is the best quarterback in the league, if not one of the best. Um, so I would definitely stick with the hot hand and Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers is just uh, with with his wide receivers not doing so well this season. His offensive line is not looking very good either. I think that Aaron Rodgers would be actually be the better player to trade in this scenario. And you might have a good shot of getting Doug Baldwin and Tyreek Hill. Um, so I would probably put up Aaron Rodgers instead of Tom Brady. But you do you. So that's my fantasy corner for the week. Now it's on to our favorite segment of the week, or one of the favorite segments. It is JT's football recap of the week. JT, the microphone is all yours, sir. All right, guys. So I'm going to start with some soccer scores that happened this past week. So one game that was particular, we had the Vancouver Whitecaps going out against the Columbus Crew. And this was interesting because you had two players that were traded against the opposite other teams play against each other. So you had Kakune Mane uh, he stole the show and got a goal for, in return against Vancouver for the Columbus Columbus Crew. And 
Then the guy who got traded the other direction, Tony Chani, he scores the last stoppage time for the Whitecaps. So that game ended 2-2. So that was very interesting there. And then, of course, Minnesota and Montreal. That was a very, very entertaining game this past weekend. Um, as the Impact had to lead twice in that game. But the Loons kept coming back, coming back with a goal from Abu Dadali. I hope I said that right. As he got a goal. And that pretty much affected the Montreal Impact as they dropped points in that one. So we'll see if they keep up because they're right in the thick of things in the playoffs. It's getting pretty crowded there in the Eastern Conference. Of course, the big game that happened this past week was in Atlanta. As the Atlanta United take on Orlando City, this game was insane, Dylan. And it went back and forth, back and forth in this game. It was in front of a record crowd. Crowd. Atlanta United had like over 75,000 fans for their second, or I'm sorry, their third home game this week, this past week. And both teams got their money's worth. Three times visitors took the lead, which is Orlando City. And then Joseph Martinez, he had a hat trick, scoring all the goals for Atlanta United uh, to get the game a 3-3 draw. So for Atlanta United, that helps them out a lot. But for Orlando City, not so much. For the Orlando Pride, they, like I mentioned, have been off. But they're getting ready for their big game this weekend against the Portland Thorns. All right, on to some soccer news. So, as I mentioned earlier, Atlanta United, they broke their single-season attendance record of 75,000 fans. And I believe I saw somewhere on the internet that that was like around, like they did like an average top six of all the soccer games around the world. And I think Atlanta United with that attendance was ranked number six. So, not bad for Atlanta. They are making noise for that city in the South. All right. Uh, this broke yesterday, but the New England Revolution have fired their manager, Jay Heaps. He was let go after New England has been inconsistent. Remember, New England, they were in the MLS Cup Finals a few years ago, and they had a great core of players, but they've let a lot of people go, and New England just hasn't been consistent to stay in the playoff line. So their owner, Rob Kraft, who also owns the Patriots, decided to make the change, and we'll see what happens to New England going forward. All right, guys, some games to watch this weekend. We got the U.S. Open Cup final tonight. You got Sporting Kansas City at home hosting the New York Red Bulls. That will be at 7, or I'm sorry, 7, 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. And then for some games to keep an eye on this weekend, I have the Jacksonville Armada hosting Miami FC. That will be on Sunday at 4 o'clock. And then you also have the Tampa Bay Rowdies just down the road from us. They will be taking on the Charlotte Independents. Those are the top uh, eight teams battle out in the USL Eastern Conference. And that will conclude my football recap of the week. Sounds good. So on to miscellaneous news for this week. Um, so the fight that happened this past weekend, it ended in a split draw decision. Um, there is a rematch possibly in the future, but there was one actually that one of the judges, their score was so lopsided that they actually had to withdraw that judge from future fights actually did you hear about that one yeah that's insane um so i mean that that might have been the reason why this match even ended in a split draw but um golovkin is that what his name is alvarez and golovkin yeah it was they're the names 
Well, I put their last names on there, but... Okay, yeah, yeah, so... That was the fight that they were fighting, and it went, like, what, 10, 12 rounds, and then the judges, even though a lot of fans that were at that match thought Golovkin should have won it, they decided to do a split draw. So I'm like, really? Well, it's kind of like with um, Money Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao when they fought. People thought that Pacquiao actually did a better job in that match than Mayweather did, but they decided to give it the decision to Mayweather. So, um, you know, judging in boxing is, is kind of subjective. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird, but whatever. Uh, anyway, moving on to our next piece of news, the Cleveland Indians historic win streak snapped at 22 games, but they started another win streak. How many games have they won so far, JT? I believe they've won two games now. I think they won their third game. They won their game last night. Give me just one second. I know they won. And I know they are also are the the favorites to win the World Series this year in Vegas. Yes, that was announced last week that Vegas has listed their odds for who's going to win the World Series, and Cleveland is up there. Uh, yes, Cleveland, they beat the L.A. Angels last night, and they continue their role. It looks like I'm trying to just confirm – yeah, it looks like it was their third game they won in a row. Awesome. So they're going for number that. four this week. Well, it looks like they're going to Yeah, go. they won three games in a row. Yep. Looks like they're going to go back to the World Series this year. Um, moving on to some Boston sports teams. They're taking a stand to fight racism. JT, tell us more about that. Well, the Boston, all the teams there, the Patriots, the New England Revolution, the, well, the Celtics aren't playing right now, and uh, the Red Sox, they've put banners up just – Confronting racism, and everybody knows Boston about their history of racism and stuff like that. So I had read somewhere that at a recent Red Sox game, I think some fans got ejected for saying some things like or something. So it's good to see Boston, the city of Boston, try to make an effort to try to change that, uh, to change the narrative uh, for that city's history and try to eliminate people from saying just foul stuff to not just fans or other people, but the players because. A lot of people in Boston, they just want to go to a sporting event just to enjoy the game. And that's all that really matters. Enjoy the game, have a good time, and just don't do something stupid. Very well said, JT. So moving on to our favorite segment of the week. It's Uncle Bobby's Scam Alert, and he's on the phone with us this evening. Uncle Bobby, how's your week going so far, sir? Uh, Not too bad. Uh, How about you guys? It's going good with us. Going good with us. So uh, let's go with your Scam Alert. Yeah, so... This has been going on for a long time, and I finally just had enough of it. I'm tired of, like, here we are week three, some games four of the college season, and they're already talking about the Heisman hopefuls, and it's just too early in the season for this. I'm tired of them starting so early. It's almost like if the NFL decided after week one to say, okay, seven teams won, so six of those are in the playoffs. Uh, Out of those six, two are wild cards, and the other one that win is out of the playoffs. So I'm just tired of this whole Heisman hopefuls already when we were, like I said, week three and four, and they just need to wait till the last month of the season to even start considering Heisman candidates. I don't know how you feel about that, but to me that's a big scam. I, I think so too. I mean, it, it usually happens at the very beginning of the season, uh, even before the season starts. It's kind of like the top 25 rankings come out from the AP the AP poll, um, it comes out right before the season starts. I mean, I, I think it's too early to show that. I mean, I know they need rankings 
to start the season. But with Heisman hopefuls and stuff and Heisman watch and whatever, it's just something to create a narrative throughout the season to where they have more viewership on you know, networks like ESPN, CBS, Fox, things like that. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely agree with you. It is kind of early for them to talk about Heisman hopefuls. I think halfway through the season would be better to talk about Heisman hopefuls that way because they actually have a resume at that point. But it is pretty early for them to start talking about Heisman hopefuls. I don't know about your thoughts, JT, but uh, I think it's a little early too. Yeah, I think they should do like how they do the playoffs. Just wait till like, what, the eight week of the season? Yeah. And then you can do your Heisman job your campaign thing. Yeah. It's always early. When you start this early, you always see someone get hot and then halfway through the season they get injured or they just start playing bad and they, they drop. So it's just it was an inconsistent pattern. And they don't send out the ballots for Heisman until like the very end of the season anyway. So I don't know why ESPN and play into you know uh, networks like that are wanting to create that narrative, but they're just wanting viewership. They they want you know these teams to follow their quarterback, follow their wide receiver, follow their running back who's who's listed as the Heisman hopeful, and and hopefully they get there and win the uh, win the Heisman Trophy for their school. So um, it's interesting to to bring that up and uh, thanks that was a good scam for the week so let's move on to our winners and losers JT I will start with you first sir alright Dylan well my winner this week is going to be the lawyers who are going to take this um, antitrust lawsuit between the North American Soccer League and the United States Soccer Federation so Whoever drags this out the longest, I mean, it don't matter. The lawyers can get tons of money. That's going to be crazy because that was announced yesterday. Obviously, my loser is going to be, of course, the NASL because I talked about this in my final thought last week, and apparently they did not listen to me because <laughs> they are going to file an antitrust lawsuit. Now, they're claiming that U.S. soccer, their, their division sanctuary or is arbitrary. We agree with that, but... A lot of this, I think, is kind of with the league's own fault with not picking the right teams, the right markets, and just telling them to spend too much money and not managing it properly. So it kind of goes both ways. And the NASL is trying to get an injunction just to get back its D2 status. But it just looks bad only because not all the teams are supporting it. North Carolina is not supporting it. the Edmonton's not in it. The Deltas are financial trouble. So it doesn't make any sense. And the NASL, all I can tell you is good luck. Because if you lose... Your league is over. Done. So, good luck. <laughs> All right. So, um, Uncle Bobby, you're up. Yeah, so my winner is, um, I don't know if you saw the story, but uh, Miami Central High School was out in Vegas uh, playing a game, and they got stuck there because of Hurricane Irma getting back. And um, the school helped a little bit, but they still need a lot more money to be able to uh, stay uh, out in Vegas long enough for the flights to get back. And the Dolphins uh, heard about it, and uh, several players and the organization uh, helped send money out to help uh, cover the cost of the hotel stay, uh, food, and also the flights to get everybody back. So I uh, give a big uh, winner out to the Dolphins uh, players and the team for helping uh, get the high school team back that was stuck in Vegas because of Hurricane Irma. There you go. Uh, and on to your loser. Okay, my loser is the NFL. This is happening a lot now lately. It's the whole thing with the ratings. The ratings are really taking a bad dive. I just think the NFL doesn't really care anymore. Uh, you know, they got their guaranteed contract on the uh, uh, TV uh, deal, and, uh, you know, they got the money no matter what. They don't care if the ratings are bad or not. 
And I also still do blame it on the whole thing with the kneeling of the, uh, the national anthem. And I still think that if there was a different commissioner, this would not happen. Um, I wish all the owners would stand up and tell the players they need to stand for the anthem because they've been doing it for ever before. And I just feel the NFL doesn't really care anymore because they got guaranteed money coming in. And uh, hopefully uh, somebody will wake up one day. But that's my loser, the NFL. Hashtag America. That's all I got to say about that one. Yep. So my winner this week is the 76ers, the Philadelphia 76ers to be exact, because Ben Simmons is actually going to be playing this season uh, starting at point guard after missing the entire 2016-17 season with a broken foot. The team will have him back, and Coach Brett Brown plans on him being the starting point guard for the season. So congratulations to them for actually utilizing their their top pick. Um, and moving on to my loser of the week. So all of those haters out there of Tom Brady, hey, guess what? He played bad in the first week, but week two, he showed up, and he definitely brought it. Um, he's... Showing that Father Time does not have a grasp on him yet. And I think he will be a very, very good quarterback um, for at least another year or two. Um, I think he'll be um, a quality quarterback. And I think that they're still going to be the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. So that's my winners and losers. Now on to final thoughts. Uncle Bobby, I will start with you first, sir. Yeah, so this is not football related, but it's a good subject. So, um I know you, you all like ladies. I know JT likes ladies, especially when he takes photos with them all the time. <laughs> and I know, Dylan, you like your lady, and uh, yes. I like pretty much everybody. But uh, this is concerning France. They're um, talking about uh, having a law to where if you catcall women or uh, ask for a phone number, they're going to make it a criminal offense. Interesting. So I, I like that. But um, I'm, I'm afraid that they do it in America, and they say if you ask for an email address, that would affect me. Because I like to give away my free Chick-fil-A sandwich coupons when oh, I get them. Because no. now it's done by email. So That's I hope true. it never happens. But if it does, any ladies, if I ask you for your email address, it's only because I want you to have a free Chick-fil-A sandwich. It has to be consensual in that situation then. And I think that they will be consensual because they're getting a Chick-fil-A sandwich in return. So I think that's fine. I, I don't. Okay. I, I don't think you're in trouble. I think you're okay. Um, and if you are, then we can just you know play this podcast for um, the Supreme Court, the the you know local courts, whatever we got to do. We'll play this podcast so everyone knows that it's not anything to be worried about. So moving on to JT's final thought for the week. JT, the mic's all yours. Uh, <clears throat> just want to say, uh, just. Uh, Thoughts and prayers for everyone that's been affected with the natural disasters in Mexico and, of course, what's going on in the Caribbean and in Puerto Rico oh my with gosh. Hurricane Maria blowing by right now. Yeah. So just pray for you guys. Uh, stay safe and uh, come back strong, guys. And if you need help or anything, like I said, please like donate money to the Red Cross and help people out get through these uh, difficult times. Yeah, it's like a one-two punch there, especially in Puerto Rico. I mean, they got grazed by Irma, but they – got hit hard by Maria. Uh, she came in with a punch. So um, thoughts and prayers definitely to them because they, most the entire island is without power. Yep. 100% of the island is without power. Um, if they have power, then they have generators. So 
I mean, it, it's it's awful. We have a few coworkers actually that are down there right now. Yeah, Dolores um, is down there. Yeah, yep. Dolores is down there with her mom, and it, it's. I uh, hope they're okay, of course. I hope they. I hope, we hope they are too. We. Ha- um, it's it's been tough to communicate with them because I mean, there's no there's no cell phone reception, there's no power, uh, so hopefully everything's okay down there. But it it's it definitely hit them very hard. Our thoughts and prayers are with them. And my final thought is, uh, thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. Um, you can catch us on Twitter, OOB Podcast, also on Facebook, Out of Bounds with Dylan James. Uh, Out of Bounds with Dylan James. Our website is outofboundspodcast.com. My email address is dylan at outofboundspodcast.com. JT, what are your social media handles? You can reach me at JTSaka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can email me at JT at outofboundspodcast.com. You can also reach out to me on my personal sports blog. It's www.jtthesportsguy.com. Uncle Bobby, what is your Twitter handle, sir? So it's life is a big scam. Every first letter of each word is a capital. That's life is a big scam. And I also hope everybody does all right with Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. And it's on the way now to the Dominican Republic. And we have some co-workers who have family there, too. So I hope everything works out for them. And hopefully it doesn't hit us. Keep your fingers crossed because it needs to veer out into the Atlantic once again. So when you're listening to our podcast on iTunes, make sure to give us a five-star rating and a review as well. We'll read them here on the podcast and uh, because we're doing everything on this show for you. So definitely leave us some reviews, some comments, some feedback, and we will cater this show to the listeners we have here. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Seven Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderin from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer painting and pressure washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys in South Carolina making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. 
No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball. WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody.